Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. We are back for a Thursday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Ian Mendes, Sean McIndoo with you for, we'll call it the next hour or so. As training camps are winding down, we're less than a week to go to the regular season. This, Sean, this is the dog days of training camp, though. Like, we're out of, we're out of yep. storylines, aren't we? I, I mean, that implies that we had some to start with. I yeah. Do you remember a time where training camp used to like every team had like five jobs up for grabs and everything yeah. doesn't it feel like almost every team at the very beginning of camp is like we don't actually have we've got like nine guys fighting for one job and i get it, it's the salary cap right you've already got a contract locked in or, or something like that but it, it doesn't feel like there's those those camp battles anymore there's a handful of guys around the league that will earn jobs as surprises or whatever um but 
man, it just feels like everything's already already locked in. Totally. Like, and I do think it's a function of the salary cap because you're right. Like pre-salary cap, it felt like you'd come in and like, wow, there's third line centers up for grabs. And, uh, you know, like all these jobs would be second pairing D and all this and uh, backup goalie maybe. Like, is there any team right now, even just with goaltending, where like there's like a real true battle of like who's the backup? Yeah, I mean there there's like what's Martin Jones I mean, doing in Toronto? Kind of got it a little bit. I mean Tampa's kind of got it for for the starter now maybe, yeah. but uh, uh, that's again that's only because of injury. It's not uh, not something planned. Yeah, it, it's tough. It's yeah. it's tough, especially backup goalies because we all know you can't have three goaltenders. I don't know if you know this. If you carry three goalies on a roster. The NHL just folds your franchise, apparently. It's completely yeah, unmanageable. Allowed. Yeah, Granger's not here to explain to me why, like, yeah. having one goalie be off to the side for practice for a few No, it's too much. It's disruptive. You can't. You can't it's expect these, these goaltenders to uh, uh, to to handle something, like, as as complicated as taking turns. So, uh, yeah, I... I I don't know, man. I'm I'm ready to go. Is I guess what we're trying to say. Like I, I I know we've still got the games this weekend. I don't care. Let's go. Let's get the season going. Let's make this yeah. count. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And uh, I like look. Your column on Thursday was something that you do every year. And I got to tell you, as the guy that covers mostly, I mean, my job is I cover the Ottawa Senators. To see Ottawa not on this list of uh, kind of the bottom 10 teams, kind of refreshing. Ottawa's not there, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, uh, and Buffalo's not there, but Detroit is there. Arizona is there. And the premise of your column is, look, I, I know the Dom's models and some of the preseason proje- projections have you in the bottom 10 of the league, but here's something to hang your hat on. Who is the hardest team for you to actually find, like, the real true positive spin on the season ahead. What like truly like, like take us behind the scenes here. What was yeah. the toughest one? So, well, okay. So first of all, the behind the scenes here. And I, every year I think I make this clear. I assume that, you know, people read the first few paragraphs before they scroll down <laughs> and, and get mad. I this is team. not my, the, I am taking from our season previews, I'm taking the bottom 10 teams from the season preview. In previous years, it was it was Dom, and it was based on his model. This year, he's working with Shana and, and Sean Gentili, and they're, they've massaged it a little bit. So um, it's it's not just based on, on what the numbers spit out. But I just took their list. So if you're mad that your team is on there or you're mad about where your team ranked, go yell at them, okay? Uh, <laughs> this is... Uh, this is me starting from a, uh, in theory, impartial place, uh, at at least as far as, as far as I'm concerned, I'm taking someone else's rankings. Now you would assume given that, that the hardest team to make the case for would be the worst teams. And that's usually roughly how it turns out, but not always Uh, you know, I, I don't think, uh, for example, that when you look at a team like the Blackhawks, um, bad team, we all assume. Uh, they've, uh, the, the projections, the preview has them at 71 points. gives them a 1% chance of making the playoffs. Um, that's pretty bad. And yet I think that if you're going to sit down and say, okay, what, what's the path to something better here? It's not all that hard. You, you just kind of look at Connor Bedard and you say, if Connor Bedard is as good as advertised, maybe even better in year one and just comes in and is, is a dominant star right out of the gate. 
Well, it, that lifts the entire boat for the Chicago Blackhawks, and uh, and suddenly now you've got uh, you know you've got reason to hope there versus a team like you know I'll just say the Montreal Canadiens who have the same seventy one point projection. I see that as as a lot tougher because they don't have that player coming in with the big big upside. They've got more talent in place, more pieces in place than than the Hawks do. But as far as like what's the upside that gets them not just into the playoffs? Remember, I'm I'm trying to figure out not just who could maybe fluke their way into the playoffs, but who could actually do something once they get there. And you know, when you look at the Canadians, I think the the ceiling is not as high, and that's what I'm aiming for in this piece is is that ceiling. You know what team? After reading the uh, the, the the kind of the write up you did, that I'm starting to think like, boy, and they had a great run. Don't get me wrong, but boy, does Washington ever look stale? Like, and I, I like the way you 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 played. You, you said, look, there's three ways you can go about this when you're in that spot. You can either kind of go swing for the fences like Pittsburgh did, say, let's go for the last mm-hmm. dance. You can clear the deck and say, we got to burn this to the ground. Or you can kind of just stay the course and be in the middle. And that's kind of where Washington is, right? Like, they're just kind of, yeah. they're just there. And and the thing with the Capitals is, and, and this is something I, I remember first hearing people say this, you know, a year and a bit ago. And, at, and it seemed kind of like, you know, it was an interesting point then. And now it's become almost accepted wisdom is that the thing hanging over the Capitals is Alexander Ovechkin and the goals record. Uh, That you've got a guy with a chance to break quite possibly the most hallowed record in in the entire history of this sport. Um, And and it's it's fantastic. It's a great story. It's going to be a great chase. It's going to be something that's going to dominate headlines for the next, uh, next couple of years in the NHL. Um, but that, that because of that, if you're the capitals, you you can't go into a rebuild. You, you can't say we're going to tear it down and we're going to start over. And, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have Ovechkin still on the team, you know, clear we can't move him because we don't want to see him break the record for somebody else. So uh, that's off the table. And if he's going to be on the team, we can't have him chasing a record with a bunch of nobodies trying to get him the puck while while we rebuild because we shipped everybody else out for picks. So we've got to keep a competitive team on the ice so that this guy can chase the record. But at the same time, what we've got is not enough to to really contend for a cup anymore. And we don't have the assets to go out and, and add even more the way that, for example, the Penguins did in the offseason. So we're just kind of stuck in the middle not necessarily by choice, but because we've got this record hanging over us and we just, everything's on hold until we get Alexander Ovechkin the record. And then he retires, he goes off in a, you know, blaze of glory. And, and then we do the rebuild then. So I, I, hard to argue with it. You know, I'm, we can sit there and go, oh, you guys should rebuild. You've got a chance to do something that you could argue is going to be even bigger and more special than than winning a Stanley Cup. I and mean, somebody wins a Stanley Cup every year. Somebody doesn't, you know, breaking Wayne Gretzky's record, we thought was absolutely impossible. So I get it. I get where they're coming from. But it does kind of force them into this stuck in the middle mold. And I, I think you're seeing a lot of the, the previews and predictions reflect that. Board of Governors met on Wednesday, Sean. 
And uh, as always, wide-ranging uh, topics are broached. Gary Bettman speaks. And I want to I want to point out a couple things here. I, I'm going to read the quote. This is from Pierre Lebrun's piece. Bettman talking about expansion. And Bettman says, quote, the best answer I can give you is that we have continuous expressions of interest from places like Houston, Atlanta, Quebec City, Salt Lake City. But expansion isn't on the agenda. Um, I think it's interesting. Like, what do you take from him specifically naming four cities? He says, we have continuous expressions of interest. And then he names them. He, it's not like he's mm-hmm. like, you know, we have a, a myriad of cities. He's like, no, it's Houston, Atlanta, Quebec City, Salt Lake City. First of all, doesn't that give off the same vibes as NHL GMs when they do their, we're not, we're not, uh, uh, you know, we're not selling, but we're listening. You know, we're not, we're, we're not putting yeah, guys we're actively, out on the trade yeah, block. We're actively but listening. We're, you know, the phone's ringing and, you know, we are listening and, and it's, you know, I think it's the same message, which is you're putting the message out to the people who are calling saying, Hey man, be ready to knock our socks off. And uh, yeah. you know, our, our we we saw Vegas come in for what was it, five hundred million? Seattle came in uh, six hundred plus. I think maybe this is Gary Bettman saying, no, you know, we're not we're not looking to expand. We're not actively doing it. But well, you know, if somebody came in with some gigantic number and threw it at us, hey, maybe we'd we'd have to be interested and and put the names of those places out there. Um, Partly, I think, to to make it clear that, hey, this isn't one or two places calling. This isn't, you know, if it was just Houston, much like an NHL GM looking to make a trade, if it's just one team calling about a guy, you don't have a bidding war then. And if it's just two in the NHL's case, you, you still don't have a bidding war because you're going to expand at least two spots. You, you, you don't want the odd number of, of teams in the league. So now, now it's, you know, you, you just want to make sure that Hey, the phone's ringing, and there's at least four markets out there. Um, so, eh, you know, if if you're one of those markets, one of those groups involved, and we don't know who the groups are, if there's maybe multiple groups, be ready because we have a lot of options. And uh, you know, I I think it's it's an it's look expansion in the NHL this last round has been so successful that of course they're going to do it again soon. Um, this is a league that, you know, th- th- this is a league that never passes up a chance to pad the bottom line. And here you're talking about the single biggest thing they can do as far as putting new money into the system. Remember, it's money they don't share with the players. Doesn't go into hockey-related revenue. Um, and if there really is a lineup uh, out there of, of teams looking to get in, of course they're going to do it. Um, and they're going to make a lot of money doing it. It's it, they, They've... They're going to do it on a timeline that makes sense, you hope. You hope this isn't going to be like the early 90s where suddenly it's coming out of nowhere. Um, and I don't think it will. That's that's not Gary Bettman's style. But that's what I took out of his statements is this guy is is priming the market and making sure people know that this is, uh, this is going to cost a lot and uh, be ready. Be ready to step up. I, I think that the price is a billion dollars. I think that's the yeah. entry price. Like Because Ottawa just sold for 950 U.S. Mm-hmm. I think if you're the the 32 a owners, small you say Canadian if market. one of the smallest markets with probably one of the lower ceilings in terms of uh, you know how much they can expand and, and mm-hmm. how much revenue it can generate. 
if they sold for 950, then Houston and you know whoever again put those out Atlanta, Quebec City, Salt Lake City, put them all on the list and say maybe Quebec City would be the one that's comparable to Ottawa, but really 950 feels like a fair starting point. Let's go with a billion. So that that that's my yep. guess. I think it's a billion dollars to get in. Yeah, and and it's uh, and that that absolutely might be the the starting point or the target or both. Uh and I think the other part of this is you got to remember there's there's and this is unfortunately where I think if you're a fan in Quebec City maybe cover your ears for what I'm about to say, which is I think when the league expands they will expand by two more teams. Not necessarily in the same year, but it's similar to Seattle Vegas situation where you you know the the roadmap is to get back to the even number by putting four markets out there that you're considering, you're also leaving the door open because you always have to have a couple of markets that are out there that you that everybody knows wants a team so that when it's time to play ball on the arena in one of your existing markets, you have that plausible exit. And, yeah. you know, whether it's Ottawa, whether it's any number of other places, you've got to be able to say, oh, God, you know, Quebec City does have that arena. Quebec City's got this and that. And it's a bluff. I'm not saying, you know, don't senators fans don't yell at me saying, oh, he's, he says the senators are going to move to Quebec City. No, they're not. But you got to be able to to fake like they might in order to get whatever concessions it is you're looking for from whatever scenario. So. Smart by Gary Bettman. You know, if he names only two teams, those are probably your next two expansion teams. And then maybe all these markets looking for uh, looking for arenas relax a little bit and say, well, everyone's uh, you're not going to move that. You're not going to move our team because it's going to cost you a billion dollars in expansion. You wouldn't do that. I'm calling your bluff. Um, Gary Bettman's a little too smart for that. So he's making sure he's got uh, he's got enough cards to bluff with that, uh, that he can't get called on it. Kansas City feels that way too. There's there's a few places that you're like absolutely right. It feels like they sometimes they just exist for the sole purpose of being the bluff. And uh, and, but but it's just he named four cities. Pierre LeBrun says in his column. Pierre says he thinks he could see expansion of at least by by two more teams within the next two or three years. And Pierre is about as plugged in as anybody you're going to get. So when Pierre LeBrun says. Mm -hmm that his radar tells him two teams within two to three years, that's probably a safe estimate. Two can, more can teams. I just make one request if we're going to do it? And, and it's, I mean, again, it feels inevitable and I can, you know, I, I, part of me is as much a traditionalist as anyone else, but yeah, come on. There's, it, when there's potentially $2 billion on the line to bring two new teams in, I'm not going to sit here and act like the NHL isn't going to chase that. Here's my request. If we're going to bring in two teams, bring them both in in the same year. Because how many times have you oh, heard? But, but what about with, the expansion? with Vegas and Seattle? Right, we always yeah. heard about oh the expansion draft, the expansion draft. We haven't had an expansion draft. We didn't get one. The reason we didn't have an expansion draft is that one team is not a draft. One team is just putting in a list. Two teams is a draft. And how much fun would that be? First of all, to have a real expansion draft, and also. Geez, the the amount of whining and complaining from NHL teams each of the last two expansions. Oh, I'm going to lose my ninth best forward. How could I possibly be expected to? This is ruining everything. All our plans are on hold because we might lose our fifth best defenseman uh, to some expansion team. Hey, 
Let's double it. Let's make them lose two guys and really throw the whole thing into chaos. But maybe, but could you not do an expansion draft where if there's 32 teams, everybody, lo- you just lose one guy and then each of the new teams will have, would, I mean, theoretically have 16 players and that's a pretty good guys? start. Yeah. No? You could, but I mean, then who's, you know, who's in your minor leagues? Who's in the, you know, how do you, how do you put the rest of it in there? I, you could. Um, Hey, flip side of that, I'm I'm a new owner in Houston or wherever. Hey, man, I just I just cut you a check for a billion dollars. I want some good players here. You know, I'm not taking sixty. I, Vegas got got thirty. I'm I'm not settling for sixteen. I just paid twice what they paid. I'm not getting half. Um, so uh, again, this is and and I've I've said before all of these teams that you know cry and complain that they're going to lose a guy in the expansion. Okay, you know what? Just return your check. Just send it back. Have, you know, return to sender on that 50 million or third, whatever the number is, check to your owner. And you can go ahead and keep your 17 goal scorer that apparently is so integral to your team. Uh, yeah. No problem. But until you're willing to do that, um, shut up. How do you think Michael Landlauer feels? He just paid $950 million for Ottawa and he mm-hmm. still can't get Shane Pinto in. Yeah. Like- yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Although I'll tell you, I'd, I'd rather have Ottawa's roster right now than a typical expansion roster. And maybe yeah. I, maybe I'm wrong to say that, given how successful both those suspension teams uh, have been. But yeah, I'd, uh, I don't think you're getting Tim Stutzel or uh, Brady Kachuk in the expansion draft. So No. Uh, no. Good point. Uh, one other thing, Sean, I want to hit on from the Board of Governors uh, is Gary Bettman discussing international best on best. And... Look, we're coming to the close of the Bettman tenure as, as commissioner. And I, look, Are he we? brought in best on best at the Olympics in 98. I Do you not think that he's going to want, before he leaves, he's going to want to close the loop on this? Like, like, his plan, according to what he said at the Board of Governors meetings on Wednesday, is he wants to have a World Cup of Hockey in some format in 2025. And then send the players to Italy for the Olympics in 26. And and I'm thinking, like, how can you go through the majority of Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and you'll pick pick any of those guys around 15, 16, 17 that were drafted at the top and think that they've never had a meaningful best on best in the at the absolute peak of their career. It's it's wrong on so many levels. Yeah, it sure is. And wow, great idea by Gary Bettman to uh, uh, to get these guys out there. I'm I'm so glad that he thought of it. Uh, look, Gary <laughs> Bettman is uh, he's the reason that there is a loop to close. You know, there are lots of things that Gary Bettman wanted when he showed up that have been consistent throughout his entire tenure. This is one where, yeah, I mean, he's got to you, you go back to where it started because you stopped it in the middle. And Gary Bettman has been very clear. Uh, you know, going back at almost a decade now, that his enthusiasm for these tournaments is is not very high. He's got issues with the Olympics, some justified, um, but he has his issues there, and he has his issues with the uh, you know with the World Cup, which you would think would be much easier to put together because that's something the league can, can control and benefit from in a way that they don't necessarily with the Olympics, but that hasn't happened either. Um, and you know, remember this dates back to 2018, the 2022 situation with COVID 
maybe you give a pass on that. Maybe you say, look, the, the league said they were going to go and then they the circumstances changed and they couldn't. And that's not his fault. Um, I think they were that whole scenario was set up in a situation where at the first sign of trouble, it was always going to get yanked. But you know what? Uh, I'm not I'm not necessarily going to blame them for that. But 2018, they could have gone. They yeah. chose not to. And uh, I, I think the players have been absolutely crystal clear that they want this. The fans, to me, I, I would say an overwhelming majority of fans certainly want to see this. Um, it's kind of everyone other than Gary Bettman and the owners. And if, if they're getting back to this now and they're coming around saying, yeah, maybe we'll do it, great. I'm not going to give the guy any credit for it. Uh, and in fact, I'm going to say what a... I think most fans are probably saying, which is we will believe it when we see it. Yeah. Because you can go back and from 2018 on, and I'm sure find lots of quotes about Gary Bettman about how, oh yeah, you know, we'll we'll yep. do it. Um, and then it never happens. So when I hear Gary Bettman kind of talk, I until there's a concrete plan in place or an absolute commitment where Gary Bettman says, Mark my word, we're doing this. No maybes, no, you know, probably's. We're doing it. Um I kind of shrug because uh, this, to me, is it's such a no-brainer. It's such a fastball over the middle of the plate that uh, you know this guy refuses to take his ba- take the bat off his shoulders until I actually see him take that swing. I'm I'm not really interested in giving any credit for it. But I I didn't like like I'm on the fence as to how we view that 2016 World Cup of Hockey because of the the kind of atypical makeup of the teams, the mm-hmm. young guns and the and the team Europe. I don't want to see that again. I I don't. I, I want to see because I always say the problem I have with that U U23 team, as fun as they were, is if you had applied those rules back in the day, like Mario Lemieux doesn't play for Canada at the Canada Cup in 87 because he's yep. 21. Mm-hmm. Uh you, you know, you you like you can't have like put the best players in the world together like it's not that hard like wh- like wh- why did you have to make it so gimmicky and i hope that they don't make it gimmicky again yeah, but but I, think I, about this like it would be not like if they do this in 2025 that's a nine-year gap between best on best tournaments and then yeah. arguably if you really think about it it's a it's an 11-year gap because the last true best on best would have been sochi in 2014 yeah. and, and look like i the 2016, I, I, the, the Team North America, the Young Guns, as you say, were very entertaining. And I feel like I, I, I come down in the NHL so often for not having creativity that I, I don't want to rip them on one of the rare cases where they did something a little bit different that at least was fun and exciting. Um, but I'm with you. I would prefer to see the traditional approach. Um, you know, the, 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 the team year, I mean, team Europe almost won that tournament. I mean, what's, uh, that's kind of, man, I, I get why you have that because you do have this, well, they you know, were, the we're, we're no right? longer, we're no longer in yeah. the world where there's just six or seven countries, right? Yeah. They were the finalist and that game with Canada came right down to the wire. So, um, you know, it, it's, uh, I get why they do it, but yeah, no, I, I, I think give me eight teams. Give me a, an actual tournament. How how ridiculous is it that uh, you know you you talk about uh, up here in Canada? We go, man, Connor McDavid versus Austin Matthews. 
wouldn't that be great? The Olympics for, for a World Cup. The only time they played in a best on best, they were teammates. <laughs> we're yes, on a line together. Like, what are yeah. we doing here? Like, yeah. um, it's, uh, it, it, I, I get, I'm not, I'm not going to rip on that as a one-time thing, but keep it a one-time thing. And uh, yeah, I, I, look, when you do these best on best tournaments, purely from a marketing point of view, sometimes you get Canada versus USA in overtime. And the best player in the world scores the winning goal. And you've got a moment that lives forever. And sometimes you get the Czechs versus the Russians. You know, one nothing game that nobody yeah. even remembers in North America, which is, you know, that's where the league is based. So that's that's where the, the priority is as far as marketing. Um, but it just, it, to me, it, it's such a no-brainer, especially when you look around at other sports. Look at what the World Cup in baseball has become. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly we don't, you know, you point to soccer, it's uh, the, the international aspect there, um, is fantastic. Uh, you see it in basketball as well. Like let's, why, why are we one of the sports that is played internationally and is played at a high level in all of these different countries? Why is that the sport that isn't getting it done? And the answer is Gary Bettman decided he got a bug up his behind and decided he didn't want this. And what Gary says goes, and so we haven't had it. And if he's changed his mind or someone's convinced him or he's come back around to the point where it makes sense, great. I'm not going to, you know, you don't get a cookie for, you know, finally remembering the, uh, you know, the obvious uh, answer to what shouldn't even be a problem. You know, I, I do want to point out that you see Gary Pepman's got a bug up his behind. I felt That's like right. I opened the door to just casual swearing on this podcast. Yep. And when I'm closing I quoted it, Snoop Dogg, I'm, I'm and the, you've just closed the loop with I'm the classy Harry one. has a bug up his behind. Got a bug up his behind. You know what? And I apologize it, to the parents out there who are listening yeah. to this with very, very young children. Uh, that was, you know, that was wrong. I got a little heated talking yeah. about uh, talking about Gary. And, uh, you know, I apologize to everyone. I shouldn't have, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I had to work blue like that. It won't happen again. Yeah. My favorite apologies are the ones are, I'm sorry if you were offended. I'm sorry if you were offended. No, no, I've got, hey man, I've got kids. I've, I've seen enough YouTube and YouTube apologies. I know how this works. You know what? I just did yeah. that. Guys, that's not me. I've learned since then. I've got, uh, you know, I've, I've got my little ukulele here. I'm all ready to, to sing you a song about how sorry I am. It isn't going to happen again. I, I just, I, I'm hanging around with Mendez. Some of the bad influences uh, is rubbing off, but clearly uh, I need to do better and I will do better. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Thank you.
All right, it is time to bring in our friend Jesse Granger for Granger Things, brought to you by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner with The Athletic. And Jesse Granger, we're at that point in the year, maybe this weekend coming up, a lot of people might have their fantasy hockey drafts. They might be looking, and, and goaltending sometimes is the key to a good fantasy hockey team. And look, we all know about the... Sorokins and the Shusterkins and the you know the 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 guys that are probably going to get the fifty five games and win thirty five of them. It's about trying to find and draft some of those maybe hidden gems. And 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 I know that you've written about this recently. Handful of goalies like who should Sean if Sean and I be looking at? Who should listeners be looking at for a goalie that might kind of uh, you know out outperform the uh, the preseason expectations here? Yeah, for sure. And and I'll just. Uh correct you real quick fantasy hockey the key to fantasy hockey is always goaltending um, yes yeah, not, not sometimes <laughs> i uh we just did the uh like athletic staff fantasy and i had to be the first guy to take a goalie so i took Shisterkin um way too high i think it was like the seventh overall pick but that's okay because i got my goalie um but yeah no these guys it's the, we we see this every year where by the end of the season, there are a couple names that everyone knows that before the season, no one had any idea who they were. And um, I broke the the breakout candidates kind of into tiers. And you've got one tier of goalies that we all know. Um, Devin Levi is kind of the lead in the pack. And obviously, he came in last year and had a really, really good st- uh, finish to the season for the Sabres. And they come in with a lot of expectations. We thought maybe Buffalo would add a guy, maybe possibly a Hellebuck, something like that. And they didn't. They they seem to be pretty content with Devin Levi being the guy. And he's really young. Um, he hasn't had much pro experience. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles these expectations. But everything he's shown so far has uh, been impressive. I mean, he's his skating's really good. He's constantly in the right positions. He makes things look easy. I feel like last year, the couple games I got to see out of him, you leave the game thinking, well, he didn't make any great saves, but because he didn't have to, because he's in the right spot every single time. So I really like Devin Levi. And then another guy who's kind of in the same category, he had obviously more of a breakout last year because he got to play more, but Philip Gustafson for Minnesota is a goalie who I think can go from, he kind of had his breakout. Now, I think he can be one of the best goalies in hockey. Um, he His stats last year were phenomenal. He's going to get to be the guy. They did bring Marc-Andre Fleury back, but on a limited, on a, on a smaller cap hit, I think they're really going to give the reins to Gustafson in Minnesota, and he's got a chance to go from being a surprise guy last year that people now know who he is to possibly a Vezina candidate. He's going to be right up there in the top five or six goalies, I think. Um, it's so hard to predict like those goalies that have that good start, some of them just fade away. And and could, uh, what's his name? Nedeljkovic is a great example in Carolina. Broke out. Everyone thought he was going to be so good. Detroit gave him the contract and hasn't really followed it up. But I really think Gustafson is going to um, follow that season, that surprising season up with a with a really strong one. And then a couple guys that I think are super interesting: Dustin Wolf in Calgary. Um, I don't know how much you guys know of him, but he's an undersized prospect. He's probably one of the best goalie prospects out there, but his skating is phenomenal. Um, he reminds me a lot of UC Saros, obviously the size, but just the way he moves around the crease, he's constantly up at the top of, of his blue paint. He is obviously has to, to do certain things because he doesn't cover up a lot of, with, the, with a small frame, but Dustin Wolf is super impressive. For me, it's just 
is he going to get the NHL chance? I feel like I've been waiting for a year and a half for Dustin Wolf to get the chance. And they did bring back Vladar. Um, obviously, Markstrom's the guy there. But I think that once Wolf does get into NHL action, it's going to be really hard to take him out. So I think he's he's a guy for um, potential breakout. And then for fantasy, I was very upset that I didn't make this pick in our draft. Dom Lecision did, which not surprising that Dom's making the, the best picks in fantasy. But uh, Akira Schmid in New Jersey, just for fantasy specific, because in fantasy, you want wins, right? You want to you want mm-hmm. your goalie to rack up wins. And a guy that I think Dom got him in like one of the last rounds of our draft. And he, he Akira Schmidt could be the number one goalie on the New Jersey Devils, which we all think could win more games than any. Like they're going to be right up there for the president's trophy uh, conversation, we think. And if you can get a goalie that's going to be the number one goalie on a team that's going to win all those games that late in your draft, um, that's a that's phenomenal value. I got to say, I, I, I give you full credit because a lot of times when you see these breakout candidate things and then you, you go in and it's like, oh, yeah, this uh, Sorokin kid might be really good. And you're going, yeah, I knew that already. Uh, you've got guys on this list that I have literally never heard of. So <laughs> I will I will applaud you there. Um, that's the hope. I, I will. <laughs> I am going to dock you one point, though, just as an old timer, because you're talking about Dustin Wolf and this, you know, diminutive, tiny little guy. And I just looked it up and he's listed at six feet. So as somebody who grew up in the era of Alan Bester and Pokey Reddick <laughs> and Darren Pang, like, oh, now the six foot tall guy is like the the little the tiny little guy. guy. Man, can he even reach the crossbar? What a sick. Yeah. Uh, what a little <laughs> guy. Nowadays, six foot is like he's like they I'm surprised they even drafted him, that they even gave him a chance. It's it's crazy. If you're under six, four, you're a. You're tiny for NHL goalies. I, I got to say the you've got a couple of guys in here, as I say, that I, I was not especially familiar with. The, the one that jumps out to me a little bit is Joel Hoffer. Am I saying that even yep. right? Yep. Um, in St. Louis, um, a situation where, uh, you know, it's the, the starting job is certainly not up for grabs, given that God Jordan Bennington and what they're paying him, but... I, I wouldn't say that Jordan Bennington is has cemented himself as a consistent, reliable star in this league. So is there an opportunity there for a team that that doesn't quite seem to know if it's coming or going, which in this case might might matter because you look at somebody like uh, the last guy you list, uh, Drew, Drew Camesso uh, mm-hmm. with the Blackhawks. Hey, the Blackhawks might say, you know what, this is another tank here. We're not. We're not going to, we got two lousy goalies. We're not bringing up some kid who's going to steal a bunch of games. St. Louis, eh, you know what? Is that a situation where maybe uh, this is somebody who by the end of the year is, if not starting, is, you know, kind of eating up more games than we expect? Yeah, I I really like Hoffer this season in terms of being a guy, like you said, a lot of people probably don't know who he is. Um, I think by the end of the season, people will for sure know he is. If you look at like the Blues over the last few years with Bennington, their backups get a lot of action, and and they've had backups by the end of the year. People think maybe this guy's better than Bennington, and I think Hoffer. Um, everything I hear about Hoffer is they love him in St. Louis. Like he's he's kind of an organizational guy. He's he's grown up in the system. He's he's paid his dues in the AHL. He has waited for this chance. Um, they they he finally gets the opportunity. He's he, it's pretty clear he's going to be Bennington's backup, the one B, depending on how many how much they rotate him. Um, and like you said, Bennington is when he's when he's hot, he's great. And when he's not on a hot streak, things can go really poorly for him. And I just think that especially for a team, it seems like there's a lot of pressure around that team. 
Um, you, you hear, you hear there, the blues come up when it's, when you talk about hot seats and coaching jobs and stuff like that, I think there's a lot of pressure on that team to, to do well. And if Bennington doesn't play well, and, and the thing with Bennington is when he doesn't play well, I feel like it affects the rest of the team more than most goalies because of his temper and just because of the way he, he is. And, and part of that is what makes him good when he's great, but you got to live mm-hmm. with the bad when, when he's not doing so well. So I think Hoffer is a, he's, he's a calm goalie. Like when everything I've watched of him is very little movement. He's calm. He's the opposite of Jordan Bennington in just about every way. And I yeah. could see a path to him being the more used goalie in St. Louis. And I don't know what St. Louis is going to be. I think they're probably going to contend for one of the, the last playoff spots. And a goalie that's getting the most starts on that team is is a valuable asset if you're talking fantasy. And I think Hoffer could be a guy that if, if you're not a fantasy hockey player, that You'll know who he is by the end of the season, and and I think the potential is to be a starter. Well, that's 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 uh, that's very interesting to hear. But keep your head up for any water bottles flying in your direction. Right now that you've, now that you've said that, that that could get ugly. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the Bennington special. You know, J- Jesse, you mentioned how in C- in St. Louis there might be some people on the hot seat, right? As that franchise starts to turn, I think you and I should actually get on the hot seat here, and uh, maybe we'll take a little swing at. Uh, at Sean's preseason prediction quiz kind contest. of, I guess, a, a contest. It, this is a legit a contest that this I is, run every year, and I've had a bunch of people ask me, is it coming back? Yeah. Friday. Friday at noon is your Friday drop date noon, for this one. And if people, now, are, people, are, are Granger and I eligible to actually yep. fill this out and I, I, That's win? one of my goals this year is I'm going to encourage the athletic writers to get okay. in there. We're um, in. Because the the whole idea of this is, this is an idea I had a few years ago, was I'm going to, I ask you simple, simple questions, uh, and you give me as many answers as you want, but the thing is that you get even one wrong answer, you take a zero for that question. So, for example, last year, uh, one of the questions that we do every year, give me five teams that are definitely not making the playoffs. Well, you know, all sorts of people went, wow, Chicago, Montreal, Arizona, but then a lot of people said Seattle. Seattle wasn't going to be a playoff team, second year expansion team. They make the playoffs. Hey, guess what? You take a zero. And the reason I did this contest is because I just get so sick, and you'll appreciate this, Jesse, being in Vegas. I get so sick of telling people I'm surprised by something that happened and then have people go, no, no, everybody everybody knew Vegas was going to be good. Everybody knew the Islanders were going to be fine when Tavares left. Everybody knew that uh, San Jose was going to just fall out of contention. You know, everybody always knows as long as you don't write down what you know. So I'm yep. forcing you to write down what you know, and I'm going to hit you guys with a yes. few questions, uh, and, and you guys can give me answers. You, you guys can overlap here. I don't want you to give me the same answers, but let's, um, and, and I'm just going to write them down, and if you guys are right, we'll never speak of this again, and if you're wrong, I'm going to uh, make fun of you for the entire season. Um, I like it. And we'll just do, I've, I've got a lot of questions that have to do with individual players and who's going to be in the, Calder race and the Vezina and all this stuff. We're just going to do the team ones here. Okay. Okay. Guys, question number one just give me five teams that are definitely, definitely making the playoffs this year. Making up to make five it. teams. Up to five. If you don't want to do five, you don't have to, but you get more points the more teams you do. They're making the playoffs. That's it. They don't have to win a round. They don't have to win the cup. Just give me five teams that are absolute locks to make the playoffs. Feel, feels like Edmonton, right, Jesse? Like, right, yeah. That Edmonton's for sure on my list. Yeah. Okay. Um Carolina would be on my list. Yep. So Edmonton, Carolina. 
Okay. I think uh, Vegas. Vegas. Uh, Colorado. Yep. Color- yeah. You're so, going, okay. so you're so going Vegas. You guys are both you guys are both going Vegas and Colorado. Okay. And Edmonton and Carolina. Yep. Edmonton, Carolina. I guess- and I, I gotta tell you, I could flip a coin between New Jersey and Toronto as my next like I feel mm-hmm. or even the Rangers that I'm I, like they're making the playoffs. I'm confident in Toronto. I'm less confident in New Jersey and and New York, even though I think they could be better than Toronto, I think their floor is lower. So I'll I'll go Toronto, Carolina, Colorado, Vegas, Edmonton. Okay. Yeah. And Ian, you've got Edmonton, Colorado, uh, Carolina, Colorado, Vegas. Are you going the Devils then to? Yeah. Give me the New last Jersey. spot. Let, wow. Give me New Jersey. Dallas Stars fans, send your complaints. Yeah. To uh, Ian and Jesse. Um, all right. That's uh, my same, cup pick for the record. Just just so we know, I picked Dallas to win the cup, but oh, but I'm not confident they're going to make the being playoffs. Smart. He's being yeah. smart. You got to cover as many <laughs> bases cover, as you yeah. can in the preseason <laughs> predictions. All right, same question. Other side, give me five teams that are definitely not making the playoffs. Like I feel like San Jose is like number yeah. one with a bullet on this one. The the rest of the Pacific Division. Now, um, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah, I like I like Anaheim and I like San Jose. Yeah, Anaheim and San Jose. I'm with you there. I think Philadelphia is on that list for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Montreal's on that list for me. Like, just given the depth of that division and what they're up against, that they are. I think Montreal is clearly the seventh best team in their division, and there's not even a debate to be had. Like eighth that, best, you mean? Sorry, right, eight, like sorry eighth best. Yeah. Eighth, eighth best team in their division, and there's not a debate to be had. Like, okay. to me. All right. So I've got so you've got say, San Jose, Anaheim, Philly, Montreal. You can you can cap it there and, if you want. But. Yeah, I me personally, I would cap it there because okay. for me, I could see like I don't know something stupid happens and like like I don't think Arizona is that far off. Like they got a great young mm-hmm. collection. Of, I could see everything going right for them, and all of a sudden they sneak in. Same with Vancouver. Same with St. Louis. Same with Calgary. Same with let, like let a let bunch of those teams. Two teams that you haven't mentioned yet. Because I just I don't you you know I don't want you just forgetting about Columbus and Chicago would be two teams that I think a lot of people would look at and say I, not this year. Yeah, I'm a the Chicago. I they added Taylor Hall and obviously Bedard. I feel like if they get off to a hot start, they could like add somebody. I I'm okay. I would be concerned with Chicago if I if so. Yeah. I, I'm not uh-huh. picking them. I will take Arizona along with San Jose and Anaheim, and Ooh. and I also like the Montreal pick. Um, okay. Arizona, like Ian is right that they're they're better than like I think San Jose and Anaheim, but that division I just don't see a way that they're that they can climb into one of the top four spots in that division. Okay, all right. So you both got four teams. Are we? Ca- are we? I'm leaving capping it there? mine at four. I, I feel good okay. with four. Yeah. yeah. All right. Playing it safe. The last one I'm going to ask you guys, and this is a the two questions I just asked you have been um, been classics in this contest. Year after year. This yeah. next question, this is brand new. It's a fresh one. This, te- this, this is, is like a, the test. Uh, this is debut. Yeah, if it doesn't work, I maybe have uh, time <laughs> to change it. I want you guys to give me five teams that are going to finish up to five teams that are going to finish in the middle 16 of the NHL. So anywhere from ninth to 23rd. Don't care if they make the playoffs or not. These are just give me five teams that are not going to be really good or really bad. The mushy middle. Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit. Mm-hmm. I feel like all three of them are exactly Calgary, Winnipeg. 
That's it for me. Those okay. are my five. Just right off the top of my head, it's just gut. Just gut. With on this authority. One. Threw it out I, there. All right. The, t- the team I feel most confident for this is the Islanders. I feel like their goaltending mm-hmm. and defense is going to be so good they can't lose a bunch, but their offense is going to be so bad they can't win a bunch. Yep. Um, I I like Buffalo and Ottawa. Uh, I'm not. I'm Detroit. I'm I'm a little more concerned. I think they could fall out into the bottom nine. So I'm going to go Buffalo, Ottawa, Islanders, Kentucky into Calgary. I Calgary. I think like I think they're more likely to break into the top nine than the bottom nine. But Calgary's a good pick. What What about um, the Kings? I, I like the Kings in this. Uh, people I think people they have some high end talent there still. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. They, I'm yeah, worried they, with the goalies. I'm worried. I'm worried with Cam Talbot as the number one goalie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, Nashville seems like a team that I love that, that I threw a team out and you guys both rejected it, but on the opposite ends. Like Ian's <laughs> like, oh, they're too good. And Jesse's like, I don't like the goaltending. I, like yeah. I think I'm going to go. So, so what do I have so far? I've got Buffalo, Ottawa, and the Islanders. That's right. Yep. And then I'll add, I'll add Nashville to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nashville's a good one. Nashville's a the good one. Mushy middle. Yeah. I, this is and, a good And then the last one. Be only because we can't talk about the mushy middle without, I mean, this the team that almost owns it. Anyone, right. anyone want to throw the Minnesota Wild yeah. into the mix there? <laughs> it's, yeah, you know what? Give me the Wild. I, All right. There it is. That's, that's like a must pick. Perfect. All right. I've got these locked in. As I say, you guys will never hear the end of it if you're wrong. And if you're right, this never happened. But, but we can, when we actually fill out the Google form on Friday or on the weekend, we can do whatever we want. We're not beholden You can this. change it up. Sure. We can. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And my you know, my picks will be in there. And like I say, I'm gonna put. We had a few. I, I know Scott Wheeler uh, did it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get more of the uh, uh, more of the staff in there, so you guys can all uh, point and laugh at uh, because because here's the thing: the way the contest is set up, like I say, it's very very easy. You get to pick. You know, you're, you're telling me only the stuff you feel sure about. Uh, we have had in the history of the contest. This is now year four. We're heading into. I think I can count on one hand the number of people who have scored better than 50% in terms wow. of the number of points out there. Yeah. Um, they, they, it's, uh, and the contest has been won by, I think there was a year somebody got 50% on the nose, and that was good enough to win. And this is out of, uh, I mean, we, last year we hit 2,100 entries. So um, it's, That's incredible. Uh, it's, it's always fun. And, and I check in a couple of times. And, and for me, it is it is. It, the the just to look through the answers is like who are people actually confident in who do they not believe in uh, I'll leave you with the 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 most fascinating thing last year one of the questions is give me five guys that are gonna na- finish in the top ten in Norris voting top ten not win top ten how many people out of twenty one hundred do you think had two time at the time winner Eric Carlson on their yeah. ballot <laughs> not not many not <laughs> isn't that crazy one. Zero. Zero out of 2,100 thought that it... So when you say, wow, Eric Carlson won the Norris and somebody goes, everybody knew that Eric Carlson still had it. No, literally nobody did out of 2,100. And that's what makes this stuff fun. Tomorrow at noon, be there. This exercise is a fantastic argument for hockey and like how great this sport is and how unpredictable. Like if I was Gary Bettman, I would be... My next press conference, I'd have uh, Sean's story up on my laptop, and I just show everyone. You want to talk about like parody, unlikely, and unpredictability. 
Look at this. This right here, proof. because I feel like if we did this with other sports, if we did this with basketball, it'd be a lot easier. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. There's so much variance here in hockey. All right, Jesse. Awesome stuff as always. Look forward to your uh, your Vegas Golden Knights coverage as uh, they kick off their season to try and defend the Stanley Cup. So listen, thanks for dropping by, and uh, yeah, we'll chat with you again uh, next week. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, man. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Time for us to open a jam-packed uh, mailbag. In fact, our email, it's overflowing uh, with, uh, with feedback, with messages from uh, stuff we chatted about last week. And, and we, we talked about this, Sean, that Jeff in Seattle had sent us a huge kind of email with a note with the way that he would like to see the NHL realign its divisions. And, and Jeff in Seattle wrote to us and we said, you know what? It's such a great idea. We're going to punt it to next week. Well, we're at next week. So Jeff says, uh, Kraken fan, by the way, you can hit us up at the athletic hockey show at gmail.com. The athletic hockey show at gmail.com guys, Kraken fan here. You hearing anything about realignment? Or do you think the league could go down to uh, four team divisions in each conference? Maybe Detroit back in the Western Conference where they belong, Nashville into the East. And because I'm that guy, I've worked out some iterations for you guys. Thanks for the great show. Looking forward to another season, Jeff in Seattle. So let me start with just before we necessarily dive right in. And, and we also got another awesome email along the same lines from Chris in Vegas. Same thing. How do we feel about the idea of this would be adopting the NFL format? So if you think of the mm -hmm. NFL, you think of the NFC East and it's Dallas, Philadelphia, Washington, and the Giants, or you think of the N NFC North, right? And it's you know Minnesota, Detroit, Green Bay, Chicago. Like it's eight divisions, four teams. What do you think? And it's it, it, well, here's the thing. I hate it initially. And then I go, yeah, but it's the NFL, and I love the NFL. Like I, the NFL is my favorite league, not necessarily my favorite sport, but my favorite league to follow. And I'm normally on everything. I, I just, I look at the NHL and go, just do whatever the NFL is doing. They're absolutely taking your lunch money as far as popularity and success and all that. Um, and yet, 
the thing when I look at this, my first thought is, all right, so what happens when my team has 20 more points than the division winner in the next division over, but I miss the playoffs and and they make it in? What happens when you know you've got 40? What happens when some team has 80 points and that's enough to make the playoffs? And meanwhile, some other team has got 100 points and is missing it. I think that's a huge issue for NHL fans, and it would happen. Um, and you'd you'd see people be furious about it. I mean, look at look at now the amount of complaining we get with two divisions, with the you know, the way that the the wild cards work and the way things can play out. Um, people already are like, hey, these two teams are meeting in the second round. That's too soon. Um, imagine when when it was in the first round, or one of those teams didn't even make it. Now the NFL has this problem. The NFL, as you know, you can win it. You can go seven and nine. I guess eight, eight and nine these days with the extra eight game, and, nine. and win a division. And some other team is twelve and five, and they're out. Um, and people complain about it, but they also just kind of accept that. Yeah, this is part of how this sport works. So, I, I guess my answer is you would get used to it as a hockey fan, but initially when it when it came out, people would be furious about the playoff ramifications. And then the other thing, as I think both of these listeners who wrote in will find is you start trying to put together four team divisions that make sense geographically. And as far as rivalries and all of that, you, you get four or five in and you're like, this is easy. And then you get to those last couple and you're like, Oh wait, hold on. I got a three and a five. Okay. So I got to move this team over. And then next thing you know, you're looking at it and you're like, wait, I got the New York teams in different division. What am I doing here? And it's, it is a really challenging puzzle to get it into a spot where it's it's just right, um, and it, and it feels like you've got everything just the way it should be. Okay, I'm gonna read what, like, and we have a bunch of uh, not only from Jeff in Seattle, but Chris in Vegas, uh, and there's a lot of similarity on this. So I'm gonna read mm -hmm. uh, one idea that was floated out. Here is what the divisions would look like, and I'm just gonna call them division one, two, three, four, five. And at the end, after I read all of these eight divisions out, you tell me. Sean, and this is from Chris, you tell me what's the one division you're like, that'll never work. Or that's the, I'm going to throw a challenge flag, okay? Mm -hmm. So yep. division one, kind of like a Pacific division would be Anaheim, Los Angeles, San Jose, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Good start. Good okay, start. Good start. Division two would be kind of a Northwest division featuring the Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers, Vancouver Canucks, Seattle Kraken. Okay, not bad. I'm 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 not happy with that if I'm a Winnipeg fan, but uh, okay. Okay. Um, then there's a we'll call it a well. Well, speaking of Winnipeg, Winnipeg in a division with Minnesota, Chicago, and Detroit. Mm -hmm. So kind of a Midwest we'll call it division. Yep. Then there's a, a Mid American division would be Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, and St. Louis. Yeah, you can you can see the geography starting to strain there. A little bit, right? Like Arizona yeah. in the same division as St. Louis. Well, I don't know, but okay. Then we'll go we'll stay kind of in the south. There's Carolina, Florida, Tampa, Nashville. That's a good one. Yep. That's pretty good. You know, Nashville's not that mm -hmm. far away. Uh a metropolitan division, which would feature Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Columbus, and Washington. You know, I, I think that works. You keep the Pennsylvania teams together. Washington historically has had a great rivalry uh, with the Penguins. Columbus and mm -hmm. Pittsburgh geographically aren't that far apart, right? So mm -hmm. 
Maybe I, you you sound awfully skeptical. No, I I, I I like it so far. Okay, uh, then you have a division where it's kind of the New York State based teams, or well, New Jersey would be part of it, but then also Buffalo, mm-hmm. the Islanders and Rangers. So Sabres, yep. Devils, Islanders, Rangers, and then the final division would be an original six trio with Ottawa uh, shoehorned in there too. So Boston, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa. So and, and that's the one where I think you you want to know where the flag is getting thrown. It's getting thrown from Boston on that one. Um, great rivalries with uh, with with certainly Montreal and Toronto, and then you know Ottawa's not bad. But if if I'm Boston, I'm going. Wait a second, you we're the oldest American team. You can't put us in an all Canadian division. Uh, that and and we lose our rivalries with um, you know all these uh, all of these other teams. I. I I don't know about that one, and I think probably the league's accounting office is is right there with you going, we can't put one of our big marquee franchises, um, and they're going to be playing against Canadian opponents. But, but you're putting so them I, against two of the most iconic, well, not the two most iconic franchises in the Habs and Leafs. Like, it's not like you you're are. putting them with Ottawa and Winnipeg. Well, you're putting them with Ottawa. And, well, yeah, and, uh, but that, that's you know, watered but, down by... So you've got that. And, and you also, to some extent, have the same problem in the, in the, the Northwest, where you've got Seattle um, as the lone American team uh, in, in that Northwest division, which, you know, again, I, I think there, there could be some issues there. But I got to say, this one, you know, this works, this works pretty well for me. I, I think you've got really only that one Arizona-St. Louis division that feels like it's kind of the leftovers um yeah. getting mashed together um but uh it's it, it's it's not bad i will say this it's not bad but then again you look at it and say okay ha- how's how's the playoffs going to work um it does do all the division winners get the first round or you know first round locks for a home home field home ice um maybe you know there's there's ways to do it and uh i i certainly appreciate the work that goes into it cuz i can tell you it's it's easy for like twenty nine teams, and then it's you're you're suddenly every team you put in somewhere doesn't really work somewhere else. Anyway, we love those uh, the emails there that 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 we got on the idea of realignment. So Jeff in Seattle, Chris in Vegas, uh, anybody else, hit us up the Athletic Hockey Show gmail.com. If you have a more unique or out of the box way to realign the divisions. We are all ears. I would love to hear uh, your ideas. Now, last week, we said, I don't know how we got on the topic of the classic 200 hockey men, but we were were like, you know, there must be like a a list of commandments somewhere that the 200 hockey men, they all sit around a giant table and they decree the commandments. And sure enough, our listeners have written in here, Sean, with a handful of commandments, okay? Adam in New Jersey says... The first commandment is of the 200 hockey men, you never ever under any circumstances sign an RFA to an offer sheet. Yep. Yeah. That's that's, that's pretty that's much a it. definite one. Sure. Yeah. Uh Joe writes in on the 200 hockey men. First of all, I got a couple for you guys. Uh first time long time, I'll hang up and listen. A playmaking offensive prospect has to prove he can execute a grinding physical style of play in a fourth line role before he can play with more skilled line mates. Absolutely and in fact I'll I'll even go one further because the the other commandment that goes with this 
you're right. The offensive prospect has to show that he can play a 200-foot game, has to show he can play in the defensive zone. It does not go the other way. You have never seen a prospect come up who's known for his defensive game or his physical game or anything like that. You've never heard a coach say, yeah, but we, we've got to see it in the offensive zone. He's got to show us that he can contribute offensively if he's going to make this team. Nobody ever says that. If you're a defensive guy, you don't even need to know which way to hold your stick in the offensive zone, and it's fine. You can make that team. But if you're an offensive player, you better be able to back check or else you're not making it in uh, today's NHL. Yeah. Connor's got a couple of uh, Ten Commandments as well. I like the thou shall not bear witness against thy fellow hockey men. No. Yeah, that one. That, that one's that, certainly that, up there. Yep. That might be n- rule number one. Don't. Mm. Uh, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't speak out. And then uh, thou shall not steal a game by using excessive skill or pizzazz. That's right. And thou shall not smirk as well if you if you do yep. accidentally use skill. Yeah. Okay. And then, and now, am I getting the short straw here? Am I the guy reading this? Oh, it's 100% you. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm turning my mic off right now, and I'm just going to okay. sit back. So I, I got to try I'm, and nail this because this was done with reading a, here. Yeah, there's some slam poetry. This is slam like- poetry. <laughs> Uh, unbelievably creative uh, email we got from Ozzy. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to just lyrically get this correct because there's a little bit of, yeah, it's a rhyming. It's like a slam poetry. But Ozzy has written in and there's like- Dude, you hang out with Snoop Dogg. We all believe Yeah, that's you. that's right. Uh, here we go. Ozzy says, and again, this is in regards to the 200 hockey men. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, men of Thursday. I come bearing word of commandments of here and then. Listen closely as many are unwritten and unspoken, but all of them come from the 200 hockey men. First and foremost, combat will never cease. Give just cause against it with due reason. Fighting is the only way to prevent further violence. That's why they'll say, even though there are two fights a season. Second, and just as important to the good of the game, You never outscore your opponent by more than four. If you do, remember not to celebrate, for the last thing we want is to hear the fans roar. Third verse, and this sounds perverse, as a player you play for the crest on the front, not what is on the reverse. Fourth verse, same as the third, you rescind from emotion, both good and bad. So what if the ratings are bombing year after year? Personally, is not something the NHL reveres. Fifth, and this will be my last for now, zebras are running free on the ice, managing the game with trick dice. We ignore this to present day and it's dire. Pretty soon we'll have hockey umpires. Thanks for the Thursday show, fellas. It's always a pleasure. Whether I'm at work, in commute, or just leisure, some may argue which of the athletic show is the creme de la creme, but I think I speak for everyone when I say, it's the one with Eminem. Wow, I'm I'm Boom. furiously. What do you do Boom. with poetry? Do you snap your fingers? Is snap? That, uh, I don't know. Holy cow, that was. Uh, I, look, we're, we're recording this. I could have I could have messed it up, and we could have just re-recorded it, as if Rafael de la Mendez. Yeah. yeah, that was fantastic. There we go. I'm I hope, begging, Ozzy. I hope I captured the spirit of the thing. I'm begging somebody out there to take that layer a beat behind it and <laughs> and send it you don't even have to send it to me just send it to me personally i'm gonna yeah. have that on my phone as my new ringtone yeah there you that go was, anyway that was, that was unbelievable fantastic. 
unbelievable from Ozzy. Um, Jason, let, let's wrap this up here. Jason wants to know two things. Number one, is there anything to be gained by actually watching preseason hockey? My devil's offense has looked otherworldly so far. Should this affect my optimism anyway uh, going no. into the season? No, it, no. it doesn't it, matter. I don't think so. Not at all. Uh, but Jason also wants to know, follow-up question, are we doing another bet? This mm. Sunday night, it's Dallas, it's San Francisco, it's Sunday night football. Here we go. What are we doing? We've got to do something. What did we do in the past? Was did we have? Well, I had to change my avatar to a, a Niners one for a week after. You're right. The, uh, the 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 preseason or the sorry, the preseason the postseason the loss. Preseason. You wish. You're right. That yeah. was okay. Well, do do we want to do another? Uh, yeah. Another, do another uh, avatar bet. on the the dying platform of okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> on the, yeah. It's uh man. This guy changed his uh, blue sky. Uh, <laughs> changed his blue sky <laughs> yeah. profile. Wow, did I don't he think ever... they have that feature yet over there. That's... Yeah. By the way, I uh, I've had people ask like, "Are you going to try some of these other platforms?" And I I've just dipped my toe in, and I think it was Blue Sky. Literally, the very first thing I ever posted, the first comment I got was from some random somebody I don't know who was mad at me about something I had nothing to do with at the Athletic. So I was just like, ah, I feel <laughs> right at home with we've got the whole. <laughs> The whole Twitter vibe has come over. Just some uh, random stranger yelling at me about something I have nothing to do with. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's uh, it's yeah. it's it's fun. He yeah. said. Ah, uh, okay. Real quick, let's do wrap I get up to with pick a, your 49ers logo. Can I? Uh, is that? Oh, I don't. Are we doing that? Are we doing that again? The same yeah, thing. It's logo? The logo. It's the logo. It's the logo. And, and when I win, I want I want Terrell standing on the star as your uh, avatar oh, for the next week. That hurts. The one I want, you know. Okay, so just to be clear, yeah, you want Terrell Owens standing on the star. With I okay. want him standing no. on the star, no. not getting hit by uh, who was it that uh, came and flying? George in? Teague, I think, came George in. Teague, nice. Okay, damn it, because I, I okay, okay, standing. I, I will, standing. I will change my. Uh, Danielle's listening. These are the rules the of engagement for you. Terrell Owens standing on the star. I did, I did. I was absolutely going to do the one where George are. Teague is hitting him. I was like, wow, you said. Enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Before we uh, wrap this up, this week in hockey history, tell me this. And it, 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 we're recording this on October the 5th. October the 5th, 1965. Maybe people don't realize this. Both Patrick Waugh and Mario Lemieux are born on the same day. Is this definitively, Sean, the greatest single birthday in NHL history? So I guess you know Sabine's notwithstanding. I think it is, but luckily, and this will probably not shock anyone, I've done the research on this. Yes. I have I have uh, uh, written a piece years ago where I went through all the birthdays, and the great thing about October 5th, Mary Lemieux and Patrick Watt, first of all, born on the same, not just the same birthday, the same day, same year, uh, within something like 100 miles of each other. Yeah, same um, province, so, yeah. But- there, there really isn't anyone else on October 5th. So let me throw a couple of other dates at you as I just kind of scroll by. Like January 18th gets you Marc Messier, Sillaps, and Alex Petrangelo. Not bad. Okay. Not a bad start. January 21st gets you Danny Heatley, Doug Waite, Ryan Suter, and Jonathan Quick. Not bad. That's right in, that's um, right in the Gretzky window, right? Gretzky is like end of January, Gretzky's right? Gretzky's the January 26th, and he doesn't really have any. He's got Frank Nyber, uh, the, the, the old-timey Senators guy, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, 
February 7th, Stamkos, Ryan O'Reilly, Pierre Bondra, and Aaron Eckblad are all there. Um, that one's uh, not too Stamkos bad Stamkos and Bondra on the same day is pretty good. Yep, that's, uh, that's a good one. I, if you're looking for a two-player combo, how about this? March 31st, Gordie Howe and Pavel Bure. Um, and Tom Barrasso in goal. That's That one's not bad at all. Um, and as I scroll through just a few Ooh. more here, um, see if there's anything that would really stand out. July 1st, Jerome McGinley and Steve Shutt. Not bad. How about this for July 20th, Peter Forsberg and Pavel Datsuk. Jimmy Carson rounding out that line is a real good one. Uh, Bobby Clark, Johnny Gaudreau, Philippe Forsberg, all born on uh, August 13th. Uh, and then there is, uh, the other one that I wasn't able to make a full team out of, but if we're talking two players, this is, this is one people are probably thinking of right now. September 17th, Alexander Ovechkin and Austin Matthews, both born on the same day. Not too bad. Not too shabby at all. Oh, wow. That, that might be the one that ends up. There's not enough around it, but if anything's going to challenge. Yeah. How and Burray. And and Lemieux and Waugh, I think, are are pretty clearly the, the two uh, as far as a big two. But that's the one that could potentially get you there. Maybe there's something about if you're born on March 31st, you have to throw a vicious elbow. That's it. That's, yeah, uh, that's that was Pavel was just just giving a little shout out to his uh, Shane Ch- uh, giving out to, to his, his birthday buddy. Birthday yep. buddy. Yeah. Man, that's t- yeah, there you go. So October fifth, uh, Patrick Waugh and Mario Lemieux, and I guess it. Yeah, you ran it through. All right, so uh, that does it for the Thursday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. As always, hit us up in the email, uh, the Athletic Hockey Show at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, next time, though, Sean will read the slam poetry. Okay, that, I guarantee. No promises. Uh, yeah, no promises. Or you can always leave us a voicemail too. Actually, why don't you? The listener leave us a voicemail with your version of slam poetry. That would there it be is. the way to go. There you go. And you can do that. It's 845-445-8459.